Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Notch. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded on March 29th. That's almost two months ago. So some of the information that's in there might be a little bit out of date or um, just seem a little dated. Uh, and a lot's happened, of course, in the last two months of the pandemic. So just keep that in mind, okay? It's still a fun episode. Sasha, Caleb, and I go through a lot about ourselves and where our love of soccer comes from, which is a very fun thing to listen to. So feel free to listen, but if you're uh, just dying to get to the hashtag soccer content, you can skip this episode and go to 231. Welcome to We Call Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Sasha. And I'm Notch. This week we go through our origin stories, tell you our favorite games from the past, and which video games we're playing, and maybe just a little bit more. Well, this entire podcast is going to be questions, so I feel it's really dumb for me to ask. <laughs> to start us well, off. Well, ask like a well, non-soccer-based question. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, since uh, I... So if you were a dictator and you had... Oh, God. <laughs> okay, uh, I would be a soccer... I don't know. Go. Something else. <laughs> please, please. If there was a pandemic... <laughs> no, oh, God. No, oh. no, no. If you had 10,095 masks to allocate... No, okay. Uh, damn it. Man, this whole situation is just wearing on me, isn't it? Uh, How about a non-soccer, non-depressing question? <laughs> oh, man. Not possible. Let, let's go back <laughs> to two months from uh, the past. Okay, okay, I got one, I got one. Uh, as soon as this is all done, where is the first place you're going to go when you can safely go anywhere? Uh, no fucking place we'll go. like Allianz Field or any of that, okay? No. Um, because we don't know when the games will be, but first day we can actually to safely leave. I go to Unmapped Brewing. It's a brewery nearby, and I stopped by on Friday after work and got a couple of crawlers and a big bottle of uh, their Belgian quadruple, which is fantastic, and also like eleven percent. So nice, boozy, and delicious. Uh, I might get to do this before the quarantine ends uh, if things go really bad, and that's go camping. And if things are really bad, I'll just be camping indefinitely. <laughs> oh, jeez. What, what, if, what if you decide to Hispanic and go out into the wilderness and no one tells you everything's okay and then like 20 years from now, we find you just like in your it's, tent? It's like that uh, Japanese soldier after World War II who was, was he in? There were several what, in several different islands in the Philippines, and but there, in the Philippines, there's one who like lasted like 70 years. Oh yeah, uh, I think yeah. The the guy who came out last, I think, was on Saipan, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it was a while. Also, to be like the I think it was German Big Brother. They were like filming oh, right. this the season, and they and the people in the house had no idea that coronavirus was happening. But also, wasn't there, uh, wasn't Casey Affleck also the same thing or something like that? Or Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah, that's right. He was, in he a, was too busy leading his cult on his island. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, the first place I am going to go, 
um, I think is my favorite Vietnamese restaurant, Ifa, on uh, University Avenue. Oh, that place is delicious. Yeah, I would love to go and eat some nice hot pho over there. And then there's a Cambodian place, Chang Hang, nearby. So, and Sugar Rush also nearby. Yeah, yeah. I uh, buy Fast Seventy Nine too, which is fantastic. Oh yeah. How would you want bon me for breakfast, Notch? <laughs> if we're recording this, probably the earliest that we've ever recorded one of these podcasts. I don't remember recording at 10 a.m. in the morning ever before. Uh, we did it once before. It was a Liverpool game on while Caleb was in Texas. Or maybe that was 11 o'clock. Yeah, I don't think we've done don't this remember. early. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, as there's still nothing to discuss in terms of sports, uh, we thought we would take this episode to tell you a little bit about ourselves and some of the things that we've experienced on our journey through <clears throat> liking soccer. And uh, yeah, basically build out our our personas in your mind because you know you probably think of us as disembodied voices <laughs> and i know i do you, right exactly <laughs> me too despite being in the room <laughs> typically so we're just gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about who we are and uh, our our boss so uh but leave out the murders please we don't but just me that's just me okay all right okay all right i'll leave that guys don't look at me like that it's wait Notch, are you wearing a wire? <laughs> uh, it reminds me of this great Danny DeVito SNL sketch about a mafioso who wears a wire. Have you guys watched this? No. I'm going to ruin it, but it's basically he <laughs> no. wears a wire and then he goes into this big mafia meeting and the entire mafia <laughs> meeting is the other mafia bosses telling him how badass he is for killing all these people and like doing all these crimes and he's like but, but what about our plans can we talk about the drugs and all he's like no no this is a big <laughs> surprise you and like make you the big boss because you've killed <clears throat> so many people remember when you killed that cop and it's like ah. <laughs> it's awful uh it's great awesome. what's that um but so sasha why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became a soccer fan man uh i, I kind of made that transition from being a soccer player <clears throat> Uh, because you know, in Minnesota, when you have wild, rambunctious kids, you just put them in soccer with the jerseys that are way too big, run around for a couple hours and get the energy out. Um, so you you were a part of a youth soccer setup, of course, yeah, all the way up through tenth grade, where I had to make my my decision whether I wanted to do cross country and track instead of soccer, which was kind of a sad decision. Um, so you but, chose for, cross country and track? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, I was better just running than I was. I didn't. I didn't have as much foot skills as the people were competing on the varsity team. Um, I was good at was running, which is why I played midfield. But I remember going to my first Thunder game. I was probably like nine or ten years old, and the stadium was completely, almost completely empty. And it was rainy, and uh, we didn't win. And I remember just it was actually like a very negative experience. It was such a letdown because my dad was like. And he was kind of like, yeah, that wasn't really worth driving all the this way to see this. And you know I was felt sure that was no, it would have been uh, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. So. So, so, so that you had this negative experience. You chose to yeah. cross country so far. It's sounding like you're not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think that kind of turned around uh, in like 2006 with the world cup. Cause that was the first time I was able to be like, hey, dad, mom, like, watch. Soccer isn't just a sport I do. Like, this is the best in the world. 
and I was taking, I think, German classes at the time. So me and all my like German German speaking friends, what like we're rooting for the German national team, and also learning about the culture at the time because there's this conflict of like showing support for your team and also dealing with nationalism within Germany. Uh, and I like that was that was also the the, the year that I was like I. I I saw this relationship between Portugal and Germany because they always seem to face up against each other in uh, European competitions. And I was always like, Germany is the better team. Fuck, fuck Ronaldo. Like that was my very anti-Ronaldo <laughs> stance uh, from there. Um, well, 2006 was also the tournament where Ronaldo got Rooney sent off for, and then winked at the camera afterwards. And it was a huge controversy because they were both Manchester United players at the time. Uh, so, so that, yeah, that, that was not a good tournament if you w- didn't want to make Portugal a villain. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so 2006, you're watching the world cup. You're, you're, is, is that when you started watching domestic soccer as well? Uh, no, domestic soccer wasn't until, uh, I'd say 2011 for MLS. Oh, 2011 for like EPL and 2012 for MLS. Okay. So you were, yeah. you stuck with international soccer for a while. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it meant mine was mainly yeah, mainly it was just because of access. Like we didn't have cable for a while, and eventually we did have cable. But my parents were never like looking for soccer, and I was too busy playing Halo. <laughs> so that's what Don Garber should do: ban Halo <laughs> wide, and then we like MLS will become the biggest league in the country. Oh, uh, if anything, he should make a well. Maybe they already have a partnership with Microsoft. So I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think though that. PS PlayStation is their official gaming partner, though. So yeah, it is. Yeah, Sony. So I, 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 they can't uh, do Xbox stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's funny, man. That's that's pretty cool. And and how did you become a Sounders fan? Because that's one of the things that we I don't know how much we've actually like talked about it in detail on this podcast. But you are a Sounders fan first. Yeah, that was that was because of my friend uh, Peter, who I met in Fargo. And I, at the time, I was a Manchester City fan, and I was I had this opinion that like yeah, EPL was definitely way ahead of MLS, and I didn't really want to give MLS any time. And he's like, no, you gotta like give give me a chance to like persuade you. And he had me start watching Sounders games, and I fell in love with it. And uh, and then he get, got me a ECRS, an ECRS, uh, ECS membership, and it kind of introduced me to this whole world of what supporters were in America. And there was even like subgroups that were in the Midwest. And that it just blew my mind to suddenly be part of this, and so I like I dove head first into it because I think it was something I I didn't believe was was here, and then when I realized that uh, I started talking to my siblings and they're like, hey, we have a we have a team here too. I'm like, oh yeah, Minnesota United. Like, yeah, but like they have the dark clouds. You have local supported groups, and they they got they had season tickets at NSC at the time, and so they would always be like, hey, we have tickets. You want to come this weekend? Um, they were the ones who got me into Minnesota United. And, and which was uh which year did you start going i'll say 2013 yeah and oh, like nice. my favorite my favorite game no no it was 2014 yeah my favorite game was also at that time because like that i remember just after a game being so close to the players like and, and then pk and like all these things it might be i was pretty fucking drunk but it was <laughs> so memorable it was super memorable uh and it was also like uh, the first time I took the Death Loon shuttle, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the singing, like losing my voice, the, the everything about it. Yeah, it was just nice. a wonderful day. Caleb, we've we I remember you mentioning that you started going to MNUFC games with the Swansea friendly. Yeah, but I don't know when you started watching soccer. 
I also don't know. I well, like Sasha, I started playing soccer when I was in kindergarten, but then when I was in second grade, we moved to a smaller town in Wisconsin, so I didn't we didn't have soccer anymore. Mm. So I retired, and when I was eight, on top of my participation trophy, you know. Yeah, with Real Madrid, like <laughs> being like, no, don't go. We were about yeah. to see you. Join, join our U U nines. I'm like, nah, yeah. I can't. Got a bum knee. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I actually also ran cross country and track in middle school and high school, Sasha. So we have that in common. One of us um, has maintained our form. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know if I can run as fast as I could in high school anymore. But yeah, um, I think at least the, I didn't really watch soccer at all in middle school, high school. I remember playing FIFA with my friends a lot. Um, I was in a small town of like 800 people. I had one friend in high school that lived in town as well. So everyone else lived out in the country or in different towns around. So he lived about a mile away, so I had to bike or run to his house to play FIFA. Like just constantly. Nice. And I didn't recognize, like we usually international teams that played against each other. I never did like a, a career mode or anything. And I didn't really know who was good. I didn't do like the U.S. players from playing with them. I think you that that puts you further ahead of most people living in the United States at the time. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, 2010 is um, when I graduated high school, and that summer um, we, I went down to a friend's grad party, and so it's it's my parents friends their son but we like grew up together before we moved so i know him pretty well so we went down back down near madison area and stayed at his house for a while for a, like a weekend and um that was when the group stage started for the 2010 world cup and we watched usa beat england 1-1 <laughs> and that was like man england's really good i'm like yeah they're, they're gonna destroy us and then that dempsey goal that rob green just lets into his into the goal and well, like my friend, my friend Sam and I had never watched soccer or were like huge fans. We went crazy, like we had just won the World Cup. We we're just like, yeah, just like streaming and like high fiving and moving down. And later that summer, during my lunch break at work, um, we watched the Algeria game, and that was just another just like, oh, and just like running around our little lunch area and streaming and yelling and. This is the game where Lyndon Donovan put in the last second goal to yeah when to win the throw in that throw the throw from Howard to Landon centering pass to Dempsey who had his shot saved and Landon cleans up chips off the keeper and in and then mayhem ensues and then I was like oh this is a lot of fun but then I, I didn't really watch MLS I don't think EPL was very readily available when I was in college not until the end of it I started the NBC Sports. Uh, broadcast, but um, that summer, after freshman year of college, I worked at a summer camp. And at summer camp, if, you're, if people have been counselors at summer camp, you have dumb fashion days. Like, just to keep saying, so like on Wednesdays we all wore pink, as Mean Girls was a thing. And on Thursdays we wore jerseys, and Jersey Thursday. So I didn't, I didn't have a jersey with me. So we went in it's in this small town, well, not small, about eight thousand people. In Kalbopaka, and every first weekend in June, they have Strawberry Fest. It's like this little festival in downtown, but also the bunch of rummage sales. 
And when you're a poor college kid working on a TAMP with a TAMP salary, you can't really afford much stuff. That's the stuff that's at rummage sales. <laughs> it's like $2 for seven shirts. Awesome. Great. Exactly what I need. And then, so meeting this other guy needed to buy jerseys and we found two soccer jerseys. He, he picked one, I picked one. Uh, he picked Chelsea. Oh no. And I picked Liverpool. And that's how I became a Liverpool fan. And fate. You, you, you guys know uh, my wife Taylor is a Chelsea fan. So it could have been a lot more civil in my, in my household. Two, <laughs> two, two Saturdays a year, but. <laughs> um, but so I started following Liverpool after I got back to college. And I think we've signed Suarez recent around that time. I was like, oh, this guy's really good. And then I didn't know the team, really fell in love with Stevie G. And Daniel no. Sturridge and Raheem Sterling and Martin Skirtle. How are they doing uh, these Mignolet. days? Who? I said, how are they doing these days? Huh? Oh, they're all gone. <laughs> 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 and then, well, I think the only person from that team that's still on the team is Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Hendo. Hendo, uh, the best, so, best midfielder in the world. So, so uh, then after <clears> graduation, <throat> that's when you made it to a Minnesota United game for the first time. Yeah, uh, like so just a snap decision or no? Uh, I think t- Taylor got it for my birthday. Got his tickets. She got his tickets and got me a missing a T-shirt with the logo on it. And then yeah, this one she did for. And then we got she got me a, like a hat and mittens with MNUFC on it. Nice. We got, went to the game. Um, we won, which was crazy. I remember walking in like, oh, it's only score. At that point, I had started following EPL pretty cl- kind of closely. Like then that falls. No, yeah, no, the fall before it was 2014, I think, and that's when they 2013. That's when they started showing broadcasts on NBC Sports. So I watched that, and so I'm like, oh, Swansea's in the EPL. They're really good. And then we beat them. It's like, oh, cool. And I remember going to a um, like a season ticket holder meeting, or people who wanted to meet. Or we're interested in season tickets, and we met. Um, we met Jim from Death the Dark Dogs president at the time. We met with, we saw our photographers for our wedding that we had like just booked. They were also there. They were season ticket holders, so we talked to them, and they also convinced us they did tickets. And we did. We had, first year we sat by them across from the Dark Clouds. And then years after that, we joined the Dark Clouds and. Yeah, had lots of fun. Did fun cool, parents, did a couple of games, and yeah, and now I'm just fully in. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm known as the soccer guy in my friend group now. And during college, that wasn't it. And I went to a, a wedding for one of my high school friends, and I hadn't seen these guys since. I hadn't seen the couple who got married since my wedding, but I hadn't seen like a bunch of people at the wedding from our high school since like the summer after we graduated, or like a couple times during college. And they're like, oh, hey, doing a lot of soccer dance? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, we see you on all the time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's cool, man. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think I probably have mm. the longest association soccer of the three of us because I, I used to watch it like when I was probably not far out of diapers. Like I was four years old when the in 1990 World Cup happened. And I still, I mean, I mentioned this on the pod several times, but I remember my dad waking me up to watch the final being like, you should watch this. Um, <laughs> nice. 
so I, I, I remember that I was obsessed with the World Cup during the 94 World Cup. I had like the World Cup pre-match shows, like analysis shows recorded on VHS from 1990. And I used to play them like all the time uh, just to like watch stuff. So like I, I got to know people like Gary Lineker, uh, Johan Cruyff, Maradona, of course. Um, Frank, my favorite players of growing up were the Dutch trio that played for AC Milan, Frank Rijkaard. Rude Hullet and uh, Marco Van Basten. And it was interesting because I, I registered that they used to play for club teams, but I didn't really understand what club teams were probably until the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and in India, I mean, back then you had domestic soccer. Domestic soccer in India like has existed at like a steady clip, not a very popular clip but a steady clip for Mm -hmm. decades and so but but no one ever went and our national team wasn't worth anything like other than cricket and maybe field hockey India doesn't do anything athletically so anytime you watched soccer it was always watching club teams and so like I knew like Manchester United existed because I had a buddy of mine who was a huge Man U fan and would show me all these videos growing up in the 90s. But I still didn't like truly get it. And all the video games, the FIFA video games that I played were all like World Cup video games. FIFA 98 wrote to the World Cup. So I knew like internet and I used to always play the international modes. So it was really funny that like until really late in my following of soccer, I didn't really understand how club teams work. And so because of these three like guys, Van Basten, Gullet, and Rijkaard, I used to be a huge like Netherlands fan almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up <coughs> and then I came to the States in, in 2004 I stopped watching what little soccer I was watching or following I stopped following that completely because I don't know if you'd remember the early 2000s in the United States in relation to soccer but uh, there wasn't it's a lot of yeah there wasn't a lot of conversation about it uh, no. happening in colleges and especially not in a tiny liberal arts college in uh, southern Wisconsin so I gave that up pretty much um, until 2006 when I, I used to work for the summer language program at Beloit. And so all of the people who were learning languages and, and paying to do that for nine weeks, they're probably going to be internationally focused people. And so they wanted to watch the World Cup matches. And that's how I started. And I also got FIFA 06 at that time, which is to this date my favorite version of FIFA. And so those two couple, I think, got my interest back up. I started watching the World Cup, started following international soccer again, slowly started like keep not keeping up with MLS, but at least like knowing that it existed. And 2010 World Cup, I was obsessed again with the World Cup. I was obsessed with the US team, watched nearly every game of that World Cup. Um, 2014, by that time, I'd become full into soccer, but I took the whole month off to watch again every single game of the World Cup. <laughs> That was amazing. Nice. And with Minnesota United, you know, it's funny because I, so I was, again, following international soccer quite a bit. And then when I moved to Minnesota in 2011, I was like, I should go to a game. Managed to get tickets to the home opener for Minnesota United in, or Minnesota Stars in 2012. I watched one half. We got to the game like late. And so I watched one half of the Stars. Never went back. And then the following year, um, I was trying to make some new friends. Like I, I'd 
been going through some hard times here. And so it was like, I, I needed something new. I needed new hobbies. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine invited me to hang out with a friend of his. So not somebody I knew. And I walked in the door and I saw all these flags in the stars colors sitting next to his door with like a bunch of other soccer stuff. And I recognized them as soccer flags immediately. And so I was like, well, what's this dude? Like, what are you like? These are the star skulls. He's, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm a big fan. And if you come with me to a game, I'll give you a free ticket and a free beer. Uh, and back then, if you remember Minnesota United's, um, Ticket prices, they were like seven bucks for a general admission <laughs> ticket for a game. Uh, so it wasn't a big investment. And, you know, back then the people were really trying to like build up the interest in, in the team because, you know, it had almost died the previous year. And it yeah. just, 2013 was the first year it was Minnesota United. So my friend Brad, who turned out was huge into the dark clouds, uh, he invited me to, the, to one of the games at the Metrodome that year. Not the home opener, but like one of the games. and. Um, it was against, I believe it was against either Edmonton or the Railhawks. I think it was the Railhawks. And I show up to the stadium and he just gives me a ticket. He hands me a beer. Like I thought like free ticket, free beer means like you hang out with Brad and Brad explains what's happening to you. And instead he just gives me these things and he runs away and he's like, go to section 42, <laughs> whatever. I'm like, what the fuck dude? Where I thought we were going to hang out. I was going to make a new friend and all this stuff. And now I'm just stuck in this like lame ass stadium. Sorry, Metrodome lovers. Um, and I don't know anybody and there aren't a lot of people here in the first place. <laughs> so I go into the section. I, I still don't know what I'm like doing with section I'm walking into or anything. I just see people standing and like shouting at the keeper. And like making fun of everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? And then the next thing I see is Brad <clears throat> running across the pitch with a massive flag in his hands. And that's when I'm like, what? I don't get it. Why is Brad on the pitch? Like, does he work for the team or something? Like, I am so lonely right now. I don't know what's happening. I feel very <laughs> awkward. Uh, and then I went and uh, just like stood next to some friendly people who like, and whenever it starts singing, like you don't feel lonely anymore. You just start singing with them and then you're part of a group. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like, you know, again, I was going through some hard times. So like join some other people and singing some stuff, like celebrate goals with them, sing about Minnesota. It made me feel much better about being here. And to start going to games, uh, I remember the transition from the Metrodome to NSC was kind of weird because again, there was like this weird tailgate full of people who are all close friends and I didn't need to, I couldn't break in. And I, I decided, you know, I'm just going to walk up to a random person and say hi. Turned out to be Bruce McGuire. So <laughs> uh, I, I walked That's a good up. person to talk to first. Right. And you're super friendly. And so I had everyone else that was super friendly. So that was fun. And then I... I really felt like, you know, this we have here is something real special. And so in 2014, I was more involved with the dark clouds. I started doing some capoing and things like that. <clears throat> but I thought, you know, what we have here at NSC, this is, this is different from what the rest of the country has. We need to like preserve this and we need to keep a, a bit of this alive for the future. So people understand how things were. And that's when, Kyle Schlintz and I, we were sitting in a bus coming back from, uh, I think it was KC, the US Open Cup game in KC, where we lost. It was like a 2-1 loss, if I recall correctly. Um, And we were like, you know, I've been thinking about this, like, how do we preserve Minnesota United culture? And he was saying like, yeah, I've been thinking about the same thing. And we decided to make a podcast and to start taking videos and like do videos every week explaining Minnesota United culture 
filming at the games, doing interviews. And that's how it became two United fans. Because uh, <laughs> there were two of us and we were making this stuff. And then a year later, we started the audio podcast. And uh, here we are. Uh, I don't want to go into a, a history of the pod right now. But yeah, so that, that's how I, I became a minister during United fans. I've never had like a strong allegiance to any European teams. People keep asking me. I am <clears throat> low-key a Germany fan. Um, but definitely the USA, even though they've tried to make themselves extremely unlikable, thanks to the Federation. And I do hope that someday I can actually cheer for India in something really competitive. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, that's my, my soccer origin story. Do we want to like go through our favorite like soccer like experiences? Our favorite games you've been to? Or, a- or anything. We've watched. Um, yeah. I can start. Yeah. Because I that's who that come to mind right away. Um just I guess that's happened to me in my soccer fandom is Liverpool win the Champions League last year. And at Blackheart watching the game with a bar full of Liverpool fans and Notch was also there. <laughs> and uh uh yeah it was kind of surreal because we, I drove over with Shane, a uh, contributor to, to United Fans and sometimes podcast, um, who's actually building a uh, soccer RPG we can maybe start playing at some point. We were talking <laughs> about it yesterday, and hopefully that'll be a thing that we can actually do. Um, Talk about that on the pod. <clears throat> yeah. We, we got there, and I, we, we missed kickoff. We, so we're a little bit late. We go in, I order a beer, I turn around, and that's like, I turn around and watch the play and uh, Barthes drinking my beer and that's when Sadio Mane's cross hits, I think, Musa Sissoko's arm in the box and penalty immediately. And I get my beer and as most of us running up, I put my beer back down. I don't want to spill anything. He stores and it was like just elation and joy and then a read restored in the second half and it was just, it was awesome. It was after year before losing to Real Madrid in spectacular fashion with Gareth Bale's amazing bicycle kick. Um, it was just a lot of relief that had to happen and for them to finally win a trophy. And then just in person, I still think that my favorite game is the, fi- the win against the Cosmos. Where um, Ramirez <laughs> scores in the last minute. And we had 10 men. People forget that. Damian Lowe was sent off. <laughs> Enduring memory of Damian Lowe in the Minnesota United. <laughs> he was sent off. And uh, I, I was... Taylor wasn't there for some reason. I don't remember where she was. I think she was out of town. I had a, the beginning of a huge sinus infection that I was drinking through and like just becoming sicker and sicker as, as the night went on. <laughs> and... I high five people who didn't know and was just like so, so happy. Nice. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Sasha, you have any enduring soccer memories? <clears throat> Up in Fargo, there's not much culture, especially not the <laughs> soccer. Uh or at least the culture that there is doesn't doesn't give a fuck about it. But during the twenty fourteen so I was up there for both twenty ten, twenty fourteen cut World Cups. And nobody cared in 2010. Like I had to search around for ways to to watch it, and nobody to talk to about it. 
2014, it was a little different uh, because the U.S. Men's National Team was getting coverage. And it was I had a surreal moment when we were playing in groups and uh, it was U.S. versus Portugal. And we like that Jermaine Jones goal happened. Mind you, that, that game was, was crazy all the way through. Mm-hmm. But like I was in this new beer hall that just opened up that, that year and everyone in there like stood up and was screaming like people jumping on the table and it was completely wild and i was like finally like finally in this remote bumfuck part of the midwest <laughs> like finally soccer culture can get here and i think from there that was the impetus i'm like if we can get there uh anywhere i can go i go i can have it carried with me and i can find my people uh and i think that was my that's why when i moved back to the cities there's just this, this strong desire to like find a community um, nice yeah so uh, yeah both that game and the the netherlands spain game the fucking revenge game in the group stage that year that was yeah. <laughs> I, I can't it was like i love like iron robin like he was one of my favorite players a lot of people say he's <clears> dirty <throat> and falls yeah he does whatever uh but then you have robin van percy's like that header is like it was called the fucking superman for a reason that dive was fucking amazing you know like you can't <laughs> style on somebody that hard <laughs> and the germany brazil game that year too oh god that, <laughs> that, yeah as i'm wearing my brazil jersey um oh man you can, you can yeah. watch that the the like highlights from that game on youtube in 20 minute format it's unbelievable seven minutes to change the world basically is the yeah title. yeah I, I remember watching that Spain are, um, Netherlands game from 2014 in the back of a bus with other dark clouds. I forget where. I think we might have been on the way to Indy, if I'm not mistaken, Indianapolis for an away game, but I can't remember for sure now. But we, we were definitely traveling somewhere. Or oh, that might have been the same KC trip where two United fans was formed. I don't remember, but um, I'll look this up now. But I was on the <laughs> bus and we had this like really bad feed. And for like some of the feed, we had like the back of the bus that it had like a faster game than the front of the bus. So they would start cheering and we knew a goal had been scored. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, anyway. But do you have any memories of like in-person games that like stand out from the rest? I mean, the most recent one that's just like will always be in my mind is that Dallas game last year, Minnesota, Ooh. to have such a late goal, right? And then the PK and Vito say like, it, it shook. Like the stadium shook. Everyone's like, we've never like it, it's mm-hmm. been loud plenty of times, but to be that loud, man, holy! Yeah. Like, oh, I love that moment. Yeah. Um, I'll tell other moments about Minnesota games, but that'd be also, also be Sounders games. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I saw that games replay the Dallas game on TV recently, and I was there. I forgot that I was there. <laughs> Um, I think for me, like the the, I have some like really weird memories. One is I was in Norway in twenty two thousand two, and Liverpool had played Galatasaray in the Champions League that day, and I believe Liverpool won, if I'm not mistaken, that game. And my cousin and I were about to go into downtown Oslo just to hang out, and he was wearing a Liverpool sweater, and I noticed it as we were going down the stairs, and I was like, "Didn't you just tell me that there was like a really big game and that?" There are shit ton of Galatasaray fans in in Norway, so maybe mm-hmm. you should wear that sweater. And he was like, "Yeah, maybe you're right." Changes out, we go into town. Excuse me, and uh, basically, we see just um, hordes and hordes, like everywhere, Galatasaray fans. It was like a sea of yellow. 
<laughs> and I don't know if any of them would have been like got violent or anything, but like definitely a good call not to wear any Liverpool gear um, <laughs> that day for him. So, so that that's like one of my like earliest um, memories of like in person like encountering soccer fans. Uh, I remember my friend like downloading David Beckham's Manchester United like half line goal against Wimbledon off like Kazaa and like showing it to me on like a tiny little screen. Look at this dude, it's so cool. And like uh in the like nineties. Um and then I think in person, I gotta say, like the twenty fourteen season in general was really special. And I, there's that one indie game where we scored five goals against them. And it just like it felt like I cannot tell you how good it felt to be in that stadium and just watch our team like clobber another team. And this game, I mean, after 2013, the like management of Minnesota United had apologized for how bad the team was in a letter at the end of the season. So to see our team just do so well was, I mean, it felt so, so good. And uh, the Swansea game that year is still probably one of my favorite in-stadium experiences because of how happy everyone was and, like, how chilled out everyone was. Like, there was zero drama. It was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I would say, like, that whole season is probably one of my, like, favorite memories uh, of of soccer um, in general. Do you guys have, like, uh, your your least favorite soccer in-person experience? Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, for me, I think it would be the Atlanta United game in 2018, early in the season, where it was like absolutely freezing. They were down, I think, ten men, and we still managed to lose. As I recall, yeah. like a late. They goal. scored in like the third minute. Oh, it was early goal. Okay, yeah. They scored in the third minute, and then they had a man sent off in like the tenth, like really early too. Right. Because. <laughs> Leandro Gonzalez Perez body checked Sam Nicholson to the advertising boards. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't hockey, my friend. No, it's just boom. Yeah, and then we couldn't uh, we couldn't <coughs> do anything. So everyone was freezing, hoping the team would like pull out a goal. So you still had a little bit of hope, but nothing happened. We couldn't leave to the store, but they never did, and it was so cold and awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was bad. Um, the, I think it was like five nil. We lost to Miami FC. At home in the, at Nessie. Yeah. That was really bad. Sasha, you got one that, that just really sucks for you. Uh, LA Galaxy 2018. Loss at, at home. I hate, I've always hated LA Galaxy, even though I know like the rivalry for Sounders is Portland. They were, when I started watching them last, they were the team that fucking dominated. They were our Real Madrid, and I fucking hated them. And to, have, to lose them at home. You know, with my local club, I was just like, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, but mind you, like, the silver lining on that is that we fucking turned it around on them. Like, we've, we, we've, up, up until that fucking playoff game, like, we were starting to win against them at home. And I love that feeling. But yeah, losing to LA Galaxy is always, will always be my fucking worst feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember also there was that one game, I think it was 2014 or 2015, one of the two. We were doing really well against the Cosmos and we got like a last second penalty to win the game. Or I forget it was win or tie. One of the two. I can't remember now. Ramirez lined up and I was, I was in the merch area in, at NSC, which was right where you like entered a stadium 
mm-hmm. um, in the in the far corner from the dark clouds. And I remember Ramirez like missed the penalty, and I I remember just falling backwards and hitting the deck, and just being like, "This is so bad that I could not stay on my feet. It was such a bad fucking penalty." And that yeah, that that also sucked a lot. <laughs> who are your like when when you think about soccer? Who are the people that you can't stand, and the people that you absolutely will love no matter what anyone else says or what they do? I will always love Schweinsteiger and Kaká. As a midfielder, they are what at the time were the pinnacle for a midfield. Whatever, whatever happens, I'm like those guys are champions to me, both in World Cup and also obviously in in Europe. But fair enough. I think I'd always love uh, Sadio Mane. He's my he's my favorite player. I think on and off the pitch right now. Yeah, he does yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. I, I despise Jose Mourinho. I don't think the man can do anything <laughs> to like make me like him. Uh, he gave some like he did some charitable stuff last week, and he came very close to getting me to like him with that. But man, the whining, the incessant whining, and I just don't like it, man. I I cannot stand the guy because of that um, at all. It's like uh, that onion article. It's like worst person you know makes a good point. Right, right. <laughs> and like, of course, Atlanta United and Joseph Martinez, fuck them. I cannot stand them. Any, any player that has the Atlanta United taint, I, you know, like Miguel Amiron or whatever, like I, I, I can't fucking, I will, like if they come to Minnesota United, I will probably cheer for them. That is, that is how strongly I feel about Atlanta United, man. I fucking can't stand those people. Uh, their fans are great, though. I do, I do appreciate their fans very much. So, um, players I hate, I don't know if I, well, I think I I hate Calvo. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'll ever like him again. I think I'll just like, ah, he sucked. Oh man. Well, he left sucked. Because he was, he was so good for a little while there. Very little. Yeah. Very little. He was scoring like a few goals at the end of 2017, I think. Yeah, and the way he left just left a really sour taste in my mouth. That red, the red card, and then blamed he blamed Adrian <laughs> Heath for yeah. The like yeah. celebration when someone from Chicago scored against us, and he was doing the like hand gesture. <laughs> uh, oh man, yeah. Whenever he, whenever he gets dunked on, which happens a lot, because he's not a good defender. It's great. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, my most hated player was Robbie Keane uh, when he wore that uh, LA Galaxy jersey until Zlatan then took over the the spot. <laughs> Just oh man, like LA, LA Galaxy strikers alone, but fucking both of those guys have had their moments where I'm just like, you know what? Fucking eat your own ego and, and play, or get the fuck off the field. Like, just I don't know. Robbie Keane was was whiny, and you know. Zlatan was a fucking bully, and yeah, I don't know. I will say one person that I carry some water for is Lucas Podolski. Um, I, lo- I I don't know. I just like he he broke out during the 2006 World Cup, and I just since from then I still like have fond memories of the guy. And he his form after that tournament never reached the peaks that it had at that time. 
and uh, but there's just something special about him. And I visited his kebab shop in Cologne. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I forget what the name of the kebab shop is now, but anyway, it was it was pretty great. Mangal kebab, I think it was, uh, and I highly recommend everyone else does. And obviously, Miguel Ibarra, man, like it's so hard to to have anything but positive feelings for the guy. Like even if he scores against us, I probably will be just happy for him. You know, I'll be really sad for us, but like I I will have uh, you know. Yeah. There are people that you will never like forget. And those special days of like when he was combining with Ramirez at NSC in twenty fourteen. I mean that those are like some of the my happiest memories of watching soccer. So uh I will never stop carrying water for him because of that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have favorite video games from <laughs> soccer? Oh yes, actually. So there was a uh, the street version. So before Volta, all you fans, kids, are all privileged with this now. There was just this uh, FIFA Street game, and FIFA Street Two was on the original Xbox, and like you couldn't get all the players in it because you only had uh, a four or five man squad. But right. you you get like you know the most prolific players like Ronaldo's and you know the Zlatans, and also like several historical legends. And one of them was uh, Beckenbauer, the German, German star. And I had no idea who he was until that game. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I loved it. I loved the, the style. Cause you weren't always wearing soccer gear. You were no, you were street wear or terrace wear as they call it. Um, and could play as these players. And I thought, I thought it was cool. Nice. I play a lot of football manager, which is like FIFA, except it's much more in depth. And you don't control the players on the pitch. You just you're the manager of the team. You control tactics and morale and signings and your staff and everything. And mission control the whole entire team aspect of soccer from front office to the pitch. And it's a lot of fun. It's very time consuming. It's very addicting. And it's FM twenty. The most recent version is free until Wednesday on Steam. So April first. April first. Nice. I have one that I'm nostalgic about, which is FIFA 98 Road to the World Cup, uh, which was the France, the pre-France 98 version of FIFA that had every country and I could play as India. It was wild. Um, and, and you could do like the qualification for the World Cup. It was, it was just a really fun like game. Um, very bare bones by today's standards, but it also had this like weird indoor mode. Uh, where you could like play five-a-side futsal. It was great. Um, but FIFA 06 was the favorite career mode that I have ever played. Uh, its engine was very deep um, in terms of its like customization. Uh, and and it, it really like, it's, I think short of football manager, you cannot get a, a better career mode than FIFA 06's career mode. And FIFA today has really screwed up the level mm-hmm. of its complexity they offer but they've gone in too much of the like just completely junk all the complexity direction uh, where you can't, you can't find that balance between what football manager has and what uh, today's FIFA has anywhere. So I have a lot of fond memories of FIFA 06 because of that. I played as Ipswich down <laughs> in my career mode. Nice. To the Premier League. So it's very funny, but yeah, FIFA uh, 06 was a lot of fun. I had that too for Xbox. Yeah. 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 So, so that was fun. 
Well, I think uh, we've given it, everyone enough of a background into what we do. Uh, continue to tweet at us, please, and tell us what you would like us to do on this podcast. We have more episodes that we can run if we so choose. We just need some ideas for things that you want us to to do. Would you like us to review old games, watch some highlights, um, do something else? I don't know. Tell you about soccer TV and movies. We'd love to hear your ideas. And you can send them to at TWUnitedFans on Twitter, which is our podcast Twitter account. Where can the good people find you guys on Twitter? I'm at KOlson716. I'm at PickupLion, L-I-O-N. You can find me at LockStockSpock. Our intro music is made by the band Tectonics, and you can find their stuff on Bandcamp. You can find this podcast provider on find podcast providers everywhere. Please tell your friends to listen in. Uh, maybe go make them go to listen to back episodes to remember what it was like when sports still existed. And uh, <laughs> we'll bid you adieu for, well, maybe another seven days, maybe a little bit more. And uh, come back to you when we do. All right. Goodbye, everyone.